Jay Johnson here, and I want to welcome you today to our daily podcast series, Success Diaries. You have dreams of success, and we're here to give you real-life stories that inspire you. From CEOs, entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners, if they can do it, you can too. No BS, no fluff. Let's get to it. I believe in you. On today's podcast, we have Jacob Sakao. And Jacob has spent the last five years using email to grow everything from software startups and e-commerce companies to course and info products. In that time, he's used everything he learned to help online businesses grow and monetize their email lists without spending a dime on ads. That's that's a great line, without spending a dime on ads. So people go, wait a minute, did I just hear that right? Did I just hear he... He monetizes emails lists without spending money on ads. Like, wait a minute. Okay, so to the listeners, like, pay attention. So, Jacob, welcome, welcome to the podcast, bro. Tell us your story. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Uh, pleasure to be on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm stoked to have a conversation, have some fun together. Uh, on the story side of things, right? I always like to give the caveat that my background is anywhere but traditional. Um, so, get my start in anything business about. Eight and a half, nine years ago, I guess at this point, uh, was going to school for exercise science. Thought I wanted to be a chiropractor. Had great school over on the West Coast. I got into had an internship lined up at the Seahawks. Had this awesome doc that I was working with for like eight or nine months. And I showed up one day and was sitting at the desk working through case files. Stopped for a quick second and was like, you know what? I hate this. <laughs> so there's no chance that I could go spend another couple hundred thousand dollars to go through school for it, finish it up and start my own rep. And, uh, you know, that sucked, but it was a hell of a lot better than going through it anyhow. And so I had a buddy who gave me a call about a day and a half later, and it was less than a week. And he's like, hey, so you're not going to school anymore, huh? I was like, yeah, no, I canceled the application, all that good jazz just a couple of days ago. He's like, so you have a job? I was like, no, no, nothing lined up. Just graduating, might do personal training, something like that. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got this thing and I wonder if you'd be interested in helping me. And so backstory on that, he'd been uh, running an edible cookie dough company for about a year and a half at that point. He'd bring it over to us, help us try samples, do whatever. I'd helped out and just kind of been muscle at some events for trade shows, moving oh, yeah. pallets, helping with yeah. production and everything. And he told me, he's like, listen, we just locked down a big contract and I've got everything logistics covered, but dude, I suck at sales and you love talking to people, you know, the product, you want to take it over. And obviously I didn't have any reason to say no. I didn't have anything right. else to say yes to. Yeah. So yeah, we right. went for it. And uh, it was a ton of fun. We went from doing like 25 K in farmer's markets out of his mom's basement to doing a few million a year, working with some of um, some of the biggest grocers in the country for private label, running their own lines, uh, national distribution, get into food service. We get into to e-com right and so that's where my first foray into anything email direct marketing and uh, uh direct response stuff, style stuff goes and so it was a ton of fun i wish it was anything but food because we would have actually made money right like yeah. the biggest struggle in that damn business no margins no room and so when yeah, my daughter wait, was wait wait a minute wait a minute but even though you did how many millions yeah we were doing like 2.75 a year um and, when and, i left and no and money. no i mean no margins food's tough man everybody's like big, big grocers and stuff. They're paying on 90 day plus terms. Um, we're oh, paying massive amounts in refrigerated shipping. Uh, everything is basically just juggling cash flow because for every $100,000 order that we'd have, 
it'd be $60,000, $70,000 that we owe to manufacturers to supply the PO, right? And so between, you know, investors that we had in debt that was taken out, it, it's nowhere near as great as it sounds, right. but learned a ton in the process though. Yeah. And sure. so then in 2018, when my daughter was born, um, I was traveling three or four days a week and she's three, four months old, hanging out at home with my fiance and it's just way too much for all of us with a newborn. And so um, amicably decided to walk away, move back where I grew up in Chicago, take a job working with an HR software company. Uh, I vowed to not do anything in physical products or food for 10 years. So it was like, <laughs> I, we worked way too damn hard to see yeah, nothing right, for that. Right, like I'll take right. my laws, but we're going to roll with it. Take your and, lessons uh, learned. Yeah. 100%. And that's where we got into email at scale, really. So similar situation as the first go. They were doing really well with small businesses, basically helping them attract talent from places like Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, and Google, that they would normally have to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars to fill a few roles out of the year because it's just expensive. Um, so we take a content team that's the size of the Wall Street Journal, pretty much marry it with some really crazy SEO and a job board. All of a sudden, they could fill the roles real cheap do a good job at these sexy tech startups. And all of a sudden somebody had the idea that said, hey, listen, I think there's real big boring companies too that would love this. Places like Boeing and McDonald's and BMW that have really expansive tech teams that nobody knows or really quite frankly gives a shit about. you know. Right, and right, so right. I got approached and they said, hey, we've been killing it in this market. We're gonna go in the exact opposite market and we need somebody to come in, help us build out the messaging, take it in the market, run with it for six months. And very explicitly, but not explicitly implied, if you don't fail, then help us build out a team behind you. And uh, same deals before, I didn't have anything else to say yes to. Mm -hmm. And he had a newborn, we got a feed and everything else like that. Right, so right. said yes and took the next step. Um, learned a ton in that process too. We built out a team of like six or seven folks, closed deals with all those folks that I mentioned, Disney, the MLB, really big names and a ton of fun learning how to manage and run those deals. We bring in like 900K in revenue and a couple of million in pipeline for the nine months after that. And then COVID hit. And all the companies that were hiring by the hundreds are now laying off by the thousands. Absolutely. And it's an awful time to have your salary tied to commissions and sales for those totally. kind of folks. Oh my God, yeah, you must've been freaking out. Yeah, yeah. Freaking out was one way. And then we started to go broke too. And then they laid off all my team except for me. And it's like, all right, writing on the wall. And uh, so took that one on the head, had been doing some consulting on the side for other B2B SaaS companies, specifically around email and setting up their own sales development teams, outbound top funnel type stuff, and gave myself a window. So you know how people normally give like a two week notice and it's this big thing. <laughs> so I gave them like a six and a half month notice. I said, I don't know what I'm doing but I'm not going to be here after Thanksgiving. Okay. So like, let's work hard on this. I got to go do my thing. And that was my window. Um, Six months so notice. Pretty good. It gave me enough runway in time to be able to say, Hey, listen, I'm making like a third of my salary anyways, which isn't much because it's used to be all commissions. Mm -hmm. So if I can dedicate twice the time to it, I can probably at least keep us afloat. And to be honest, I'm so damn crabby all the time anyhow, and losing so much time with the family and everything that I was trying to step away from in the first place, that there's no loss. Uh, so I hit the ground running and got really aggressive, had like a 10 or $11,000 a month. The first month that I went full time, um, proceeded to have like a $700 month the month after that, because I burned <laughs> myself out doing like 80 hour weeks and then found my groove from there. Sure. Uh, and so over that year, my first year full time, 
learned a ton, picked up some great clients, a lot of really, really good relationships built in the long run, um, doing the same thing that everybody else who's doing a great job there is doing, reinvesting in my business, paying for memberships, some different courses, things like that, that I can take mm-hmm. to upskill myself, right? And learning a new industry. And it was going well. We had a real comfortable year. We had a great wedding that we had planned out. We bought a baby blue retro styled RV that we were going to travel the country in for a year because we didn't have any reason not to. That sounds like fun. We made it all happen. And uh, the wedding date was August 28th after we'd rescheduled it two other times for COVID. And that day came around and two days before the wedding, my fiance came down with COVID. We had to cancel oh. it again. Um, I lost that month, you know, working, which is fine. No biggie. We figured we'd be able to recoup some of the costs from the wedding with gifts and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff, which always goes that way. And then we were so close that we couldn't get a refund from any of the vendors at that point. So we're out like 10 or $12,000. We hit the road in this big blue RV. We got to do the whole thing while she's quarantined. I got a three-year-old that we're juggling and it's all going nuts. Then we hit the road and we got to put like five grand into this thing that we didn't expect because the brakes went out like three days after we hit the road, which is fine. You'd expect it. And then I lost two of my top paying clients. And then after that, it was really hard to continue to build a business from the road where internet is spotty and everything else happens too. So then I lose a few more clients and then pipeline starts drying up. And all of a sudden it's about November of last year and we're in the middle of nowhere on the road, luckily staying with some family at this point. And we've got no money left, we've got nothing. So we lost $10,000 on the wedding. We spent $30,000 on this RV and my first year doing everything on our own because we'd had money that we didn't have before. And we had stopped and we took a look at everything that was going on. And we said, shit, we can't keep going this way. It's just not going to work. I wouldn't trade the experience for the world, right, but right. we had to you know, sack it up and say, okay, well, what can we do? And uh, so we listed it online and just throwing everything out there so you don't get happened and then four days later we sold it for everything that we paid for it plus what we put into it and we took it as a sign said okay we get to go back home grab a spot to rent hunker down and like really take this as our chance to be able to learn from that and take this seriously now um and luckily we made it back we're in a much better spot now and that was the big inspiration for me to do two things um one it was to really take advantage of learning more about how to manage cash flow um, and timing and process that goes into that and understand that, hey, listen, making money in sales is one skill and then managing it and keeping it as a completely entirely separate, different one, right? All the tens of thousands of dollars that go into these courses, these memberships that everybody's out there pushing that you need to do, that's a great investment. They totally are. But going broke doing them is an awful way to build a business, right? Mm-hmm. And so I learned from that and I canceled just about everything that I was in. Um, and then I started up my own brand with my own digital products and a membership on the back end because I knew that, listen, I can kill it for all of these clients and completely not it to fault of their own or mine. All of it can be gone. Right. Changes in business. I had two, sure. one, one client that got purchased, one that downsized and went out of business, one that merged and picked up an agency, a record, right? All out of my control. And we go from doing, you know, 10, 12, $15,000 a month to nothing. Sure, and I didn't want to rely on that ever again. Yeah, it's great tonight. But tomorrow when you wake up, you're like, uh-oh. So now building out things of my own on top of the client work. Um, the, for those listening, there's a big obnoxious billboard behind me. It says email empire. And that's the whole process based on what the intro talks about, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's a system, courses, and a community designed to help other solopreneurs be able to go out, take their audience, and gather a list of diehard fans that can't wait to buy from them. Because what I learned in my five years of working with email in all kinds of different industries, all sizes of companies, anything, is that the traditional routes are great. 
right? Funneling these big ad budgets into one opt-in that pushes folks into a quick short funnel to try and recoup ad spend. That's fine. You can do that. It's fast as hell. But it gathers a lot of people that are not a great fit for your offer, a ton of folks that are just there for a lead magnet. And then you're trying to scale a system that doesn't work in the first place. So instead, we flip it on its head and say, how do we slowly gather people that would be an absolute perfect fit for the offers that we have? Take the effort to invite them and understand more about our customers manually through the first five, six, seven hundred folks. And then how do we put our offers out in a way that scales out easily for them? It's much higher profit margins on the back end for everybody involved. And it's something that you can take and build out and scale with ads because you've got a much stronger basis for a profitable funnel on the front end, too. So how do you actually. Um, is it an organic growth process for the emails? Yeah, 100%. So anytime like I'm working with a client or we look at doing anything inside of the course, the big thing first is understanding like what following do you have, right? Is it on Facebook? Is it on Instagram? Is it on what if, LinkedIn? What if you don't have a following? Yeah. Then the first thing that you need to do is to be able to start, go out and connect with those folks because you pick a platform that you know your audience is going to be on. Even if you are not on there, that's okay, right? Because a list of 100 folks that you know is actually targeted that you can talk to that have the needs that you have now, is a hell of a lot like, better. Do you mean like friends? Like if you were talking Facebook, sure. would you recommend somebody create a Facebook group? Mm -hmm. I always well, how, recommend how, how do, yeah. individual profile growth first before anything else. Okay. Right. Because yeah. you need a way for people to be able to come to and recognize you as you're working online. And uh, one of my big pushes is always one-to-one -one networking, especially as you're starting out early on, because it's the fastest way to be able to exponentially grow your stuff. And at that point, like you're time rich, right? Like, you don't have the luxury of having all the problems to where you have thousands of people DMing you and trying to connect with you on a day-to-day -day basis that you can't answer. It's like, no, you actually break it down. We've got tons of time, no cash and no resources. So, it's so let's make the most leverage of the time find and start building relationships with people that are one-to-one -one inside of your community, your network. The thing that, you know, we don't talk enough about, about all these social platforms is that yes, you can post content and an algorithm can attract people to your profile, but none of that's reliable. And the other side of it is that it's like a phone. This thing can work outgoing too. You know, mm -hmm. you manually search for people that you have good control over and connect with them manually. That way you're not victim to an algorithm. You don't have to worry about, man, my contact's not attracting the right leads. Well, you're not in front of and connecting with them in the first place, you know? Yeah. And so I, mean, I, I get like, know, you know, I, yeah, you know, I get solicited all day. Mm -hmm. People, and if you can tell that they're just trying to sell me their service without building a relationship. So I don't even listen to those people. 100%. Yeah. And that's why it's such a, it's such a pattern interrupt when someone reaches out and says, Hey, listen, Jay, like I, I noticed you have a podcast and I don't know if it's something you'd be interested in, but I'm putting together a newsletter where all we're talking about is different ways that people are running their shows, how they're monetizing and different ways that they can grow. Something you'd be interested in getting, it's free, it comes out once a week, let me know. And if you tell me yes, phenomenal, I add you to it manually. How easy is that? It's easy. <laughs> it's that right. easy. Right. And, and you'll love the content. And not only on top of that, early on, more than followers, more than content, more than sales is important. It's like, you need customer feedback. You need to know exactly what those folks are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, not based on your assumptions, so that you can create something that will actually buy even faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like research and data. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's yeah, all about just getting immersed in the audience that you want to serve to first, right? Yeah, and yeah, so absolutely. let's say you have a following. Let's say you have a couple hundred, couple thousand people. Perfect. 
you don't have 100 people on an email list yet. So you do the manual legwork and you send exactly the message that I just mentioned like to you out to at least 10, 15, 20 people a day until you can build it up. Great, now you've got an excuse. You say, I just reached out to 200 people. There's 150 of them on my list. I have to send emails now. Perfect. Right. Here's how we can go about creating good content that leads right. them that way. Okay, cool. I've got these folks. They've been on my list for six months and like, I don't have anything to sell them, but I know they love what I'm talking about. Like, how do I figure this out? Perfect. We've got a system to be able to grab that feedback and test it out and create something for them. Hey, listen, I've got an offer or two and I've got a really good and engaged list. But to be honest, the tough part is like, I'm not selling it unless I'm launching on my own and doing these manual things. Perfect. Here's a system we can use to where after people are just receiving broadcasts, like they'll tell you by their engagement what and when they're ready for. And here's how we can automate it on the back end. So everything's really stepwise. And the reason that I came out with everything was that I had an email list of about 650, 700 folks back in January, mm -hmm. no concentration whatsoever. I was just writing copy for clients, writing emails, managing some stuff, but no concentration. I knew I needed a list, didn't necessarily have a good direction for it. And so my thought process was, hey, if I chop this down to the bare minimum number of folks on here that I know would be a good fit, and if I can find a way to grow it back up to about 500 in a month or so, two months, then I can package that process up and share it with other people because this is the biggest struggle that I'm hearing other solopreneurs, other coaches, other consultants are having is zero to one. You know, mm -hmm. once you've got the list, it's so much easier to be able to take and apply all these things that folks are teaching online, but nobody's teaching the very important foundation that you need inside of your list to have an actual interaction, engagement, and feedback, you know? Yeah, but and I so can buy email lists, can I? Can I just buy email lists that are, uh, you know, like, like you know, like like I want incomes from 80,000 to 150,000 in these zip codes and they're males and they're, you know, employed and they, you know, they brush their teeth twice a day. So I know they'll, you know, they'll be interested in my product and, you know, can I just buy an email list and then email? Yeah, it's funny. So, you know, you know, those old Westerns where you see people with their kind of stagecoach just hanging out in the back end and they've got all these mystical bottles and elixirs that you hear that they're yelling and selling at everybody. That's kind of how I feel about email list brokers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all shit. Uh, to be quite frank. Right. Well, so well, I, I knew that. I just wanted to hear you say it. Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> because and, a lot of people are seduced into that. They're like, okay, I gotta, okay. I'm going to get rich. I'm going to yeah. buy 25,000 names and I'm going to send out, you know, 40 a day. You know what I mean? And I'm going to, I'm just going to like tie them to a funnel and to a lead. And then I'm going to sell my product. And what happens is they spend, you know, $750 for the names and then all this time and trying to, and then they sit there and they wait and they're like, yeah, this is not going to happen. No, God, no. And you know what, if your issue is that you don't have the time, right. And you've got the cash to be able to invest in that. Go find somebody else to work with instead. It'll help you grow the list. Go find a media buyer. Somebody who's damn good. Yeah, right? yeah. see, that's a, your audience that way. Right. That's a good, like, another avenue to take. Like, if you have the money to buy the list and you have some money and you're not strapped, yeah. then use somebody else's expertise to help you do it. Absolutely right. Yeah. yeah 150%. You know, what's tough is everything's changing so quickly, right? I mean, we're talking about an industry that's just about only, I mean, email itself is only 24 years old. Right. Like this is very, very new in comparison. Um, and on top of that, when you talk about social media and advertising and, and those avenues, right, this has only been a real thing for 15 years tops, right? Changes drastically every five. And in the past two years, we've completely upended the way that people shop for everything online from a behavior standpoint, post pandemic, and 
all of those platforms are just gutting left and right the way that they're running algorithms and doing anything else all the way through. I'd rather take my chances on my individual efforts and anything that I can do one-to-one -one organically over trying to keep up and learn that algorithm time and time and time again. Yeah, the thing you is, go, it's like everybody gets seduced. It's like, oh, the technology can do everything for me and it's going to be easy. And yeah. I think that pendulum just swings way over to the right. And now it's starting to slide back into the middle again, where we recognize that that social media is a one-on-one -on -one relationship with, with your people. Yeah, like a, like a real relationship. Ads are a great way to scale, right? Like, like I'll never demonize them for that purpose. Right, but, right. But by definition, scale implies that you have an already successful process. Exactly. Yeah, right? sure. And, and if that's not there already, then we need to figure that out, you know, and, and you'll learn it so much faster organically than you will having to test it consistently with an ads budget. You just, you simply will, right? Now, if you have $7,000 to go burn, on building up an ads audience, retargeting them, pushing them a lead magnet and doing everything that way, by all means, be my guest. But if you're not comfortable dropping five figures on an ads budget, you're not going to get very far, right? right. It's different than, you know, e-commerce or a very transactional one-off sale where that totally works when you're looking for people to either show up on your page, purchase, or grab a discount and bounce, right? Like that's a very short-term relationship. And anytime we're talking about coaching, consulting, courses, digital products, and info products, there's a relationship that needs to be built there. You know, there's, there's a journey through different stages of awareness that happens for that customer. And to be honest, only seven to 10% of those folks are going to be ready the second that they show up on your site to purchase. So it's ignorant. It's ignorant to say, hey, listen, I'll, I'll take the 7%. And I'll keep burning cash to grab as many of those people when in the back end, like you're, you're missing out on the largest majority possible through impatience, you know? Yeah. And I think <clears throat> most of the people may, may be listening that are working nine to five and they're frustrated and they, they don't want to get up and go to work on Monday morning. And, you know, they're not getting paid. They're not getting recognized. They're just burning themselves out. They're thinking like, okay, how do I, how do I take this step into the online space? And that's why, you know, the, the proven courses, the proven mentors, um, they have the systems to follow. It's just like, you know, in the old days, I used to franchise restaurants, I, my own restaurants. And people, you know, I didn't want an entrepreneur to come to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want them rewriting my systems. Mm -hmm. I knew it worked and you're going to plug into my system and you're going to work it. So I wanted business owners. So it's kind of the same thing when you get a mentor with a proven course and a step-by-step -step process that's there for you. You don't have to go in and try to figure it out. You, yeah. you just have to learn it and implement it and take action and have mm -hmm. communication. And so I think, and, and you save so much more money and you minimize your risk tremendously. I mean, that's the step people should be taking. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, the best thing that you can do to be honest, and this is something that was shared with me early on is not to go purchase a course or something that shows you how to build a business. Start talking to other people who own businesses, any kind, absolutely any kind. Say, hey, listen, dude, I hate my job right now and I can't stand it. And I'm trying to find anything and everything that I can do to take more control of my time, get more freedom, everything that goes into that. There is not a single person who is in a position like you or I am who would turn you away at that point. Because- right. I empathize with that man. Like totally. the second you tell me that, I put myself back in that position and I say, shit, how can I help you? You exactly. know, what so, questions do you have? Yeah, totally. And so people don't even know that. People think like, 
I can't talk to people who own their businesses or I can't talk to people who are successful. And it's actually just, you know, it's funny. The, the longer that I'm alive, the more I realize that it's just the opposite of what you're conditioned to think. Mm-hmm. Do the opposite. Like if you're afraid to reach out, you know, and, and, and talk to a business owner, just say, screw it. I'm just going to ask because what if he says, yes, I'll help you or I'll give you some information or I'll, you know, this is what I learned. It's absolutely crazy. And the amount of value that you get for free just with a conversation is like, can be life-changing. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, and it, it's something that I was really lucky to get desensitized to early on. Uh, Cause when we're building the cookie dough company. We're like 19, 20 and we're in big food everybody's like middle-aged old white dudes, you know? And so when we show up into a meeting, everyone's looking around like, who are you guys? <laughs> Where, where's, uh, where's the guy who owns the company, right? All over the place. And, you know, it, it really quickly taught me that the best thing that you can be in any scenario is like genuinely shameless, you know? Because the second that we started talking and you answer questions, nobody cares. It all goes out the window. It's, it's all about a shared human experience at that point and what goes on inside of it, you know? And I have never met more helpful people in my life than people that own their own business. Because typically, like one of the hardest things for a lot of people to learn is asking for help and going out and hiring out for it and seeking it out, right? So like we get it. And if, you know, if going back to the nine to five ordeal, like if you feel stuck, you can't talk to the people around you that are working in the same role because they're okay with it. Right. right. Like you're going to get all the reasons why it's totally okay to just take the role and security is real. And I get it. Like you get a family to feed. You got to do that. Totally fine. None judgment. But if you're itching for more and you've got something you want to do on the side, like you need to talk to other people who are doing that because you're never going to be able to get a very clear cut or even like a, a different perspective if you don't look outside of whatever your current worldview is there, you know? Right. And, and, he, and even your family sometimes they don't support your friends are going to laugh at you. Sure. You know what I mean? And so you're just going to get demoralized and, and stuck. So yeah. if you reach out online and you get some support, you'd be like, oh my God, that guy was like, said I could do it. Like, what? This is awesome. Like, it's so radical. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, like you talked about, and that's the whole premise for the story to be shared. It's like, this is a failure game, you know? Right. If the goal is to fail once so that you can learn something. And then, so there's this thing that they call uh, compound uh, errors in baseball. So an error in baseball, right, is any time that uh, uh, a run is allowed, an on-base goes through if it's dropped in the infield or anything else like that. Now, compound errors if they're allowed to score after that, right? If a run is scored after, then that's considered compounded. So I was listening to somebody who's an investor and he used to be in the MLB, and that's what he talks about. He's like, everything entrepreneurship-wise is about allowing as many individual errors as you can and minimizing as many compounding errors as you possibly can. So the closer that you get to failure, the faster that you fail initially, if that's reaching out and having conversations with people, you're going to learn something. They're going to tell you why they didn't want to talk to you, right? Or they're going to tell you why the way that you asked your question or the way that you expected or whatever it is that happened wasn't working out for that specific reason. Now you can take that and apply that, right? That's knowledge that you wouldn't have gotten if you wouldn't have been willing to fail in the first place, you know? And the the tough part but the beautiful part is that that's literally only possibly learned through reps like you can only learn that instinct by continuously doing it you know and so getting the first one out of the way is just it's it's the way to go and then if you've already got 10 or 12 under your belt 
then you're just that much closer, you know? And that, that's the way that I had to try and think about it as we're selling basically our dream when we're only like four and a half months into it instead of the year that we planned. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, you know, this feels God awful. And I've got no reason to be happy about this. I feel like a failure, like where this is awful. But at the end of the day, it was, I just took like five to seven years worth of failure in a month. Like, okay, cool. Let's go. I've got right. something I can bank on now, you know, like I've got to be close to something. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so who, who, um, who was your inspiration to get into business for yourself eventually? Who was it? You know? Yeah. So for me, genuinely, it was, and, and thankfully, um, it was actually the buddy that we started up the cookie dough company with. Mm-hmm. So this was a guy who he's a firefighter by the time he was 16. Um, he'd been booting, uh, not booting, repairing uh, lawnmowers, small engines, flipping cars, doing anything and everything all the way across the board. And while I was in school, I considered dropping out about twice. It just wasn't working out for me and found something to attach to. And I chose to go to Cairo and all that good jazz. Um, but watching him start the company up in that point in time, I was like, dude, this is the most fun thing I've ever seen. Like going back and forth to different stores to go do demos, um, showing up to go help them do massive trade shows, right? Like showing up and doing all nighters for production runs when we got a big order, just stuff that I was helping out with on the side. It was amazing. And I literally watched the guy work three jobs at one time and pass out while he's just in the middle of doing (laughs) anything. And I still said, like, this crazy bastard, like, he's going to keep doing it. There's something weird about this. (laughs) And it was sadistic, but it was the most fun that I've ever had in my life. And so I knew at that point, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to go do a real full-time corporate job. And mostly just because I've been spoiled. Like, I haven't had one. And I went and did it for nine months. And I'll never go back. Like, I have no shame. You know, if if everything goes south and I got to take a job again, awesome but I'll go bounce or valet or, or go do something along those lines before I try and go take up something white collar again. Cause I just, it doesn't work for me. Right. And that doesn't mean it's bad for anybody else. Right. But it, it hurts so much to not let out everything that goes into creating these offers and working with and helping these people. I've got no other option. Yeah. But the satisfaction, you probably sleep well at night because you work hard and you've helped other people. And, you know, you help them succeed. And, you know, Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough other people to get what they want, you'll get what you want, right? And so that's the whole name of the game. It's like, it's a really weird online space. But when you start to actually connect with real people, they're extremely supportive. And it's, it's, it's a different level of impact. You know, like when you talk about people that you're able to help online and they tell you like, hey, listen, dude, I, I read your post and I went and like tried that out. I had a customer call in after this, like it was the wildest thing. You've literally completely ripped the roof off of something that they previously thought they wouldn't have been able to do or that they would have known. You're making all these different compounding effects on people's lives, genuinely, because you never know what one change in customer, one change in ad spend, one change in the way that they do this or that has an effect on that person's life, you know, and they'll come back and tell you. And And I think one of the hardest things too, to be honest, is early on, because everybody's thinking supportive things and they're really proud of you seeing you work your ass off, but nobody tells it to you for so long. Like it's, it's the wildest thing. I don't know why or what the foundation is. And it's something that I tell everybody who's starting to build up their email list is like, listen, you're going to feel like you're talking to a brick wall for months on end. 
and then one person's going to reply and tell you how much of a difference what you shared with them made or how much you were able to help them. And that one piece of feedback is going to make that past six months worth it for like five minutes. Yeah. And so then you got to keep going. You got to keep going so you can continuously get more and more of that out of it. And eventually it will 100% all feel worth it all the time. Mm-hmm. But you've got to almost, you know, put in the work that goes into learning that on the front end too. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, Everybody it's who owns their own business that I've met, they've got a, a different emotional experience and instinct that I, I don't see other folks have. And a lot of it's just endured suffering, right? It's like they can look at suffering and draw out what the positive outcome would be from it very quickly. And they're willing to stick with it and stay inside of that for such a long time. And it's always fascinated me. It's almost like starvation. Yeah, they're just like, I'm not going to eat. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. just going to, like, I just saw Naked and Afraid Frozen. This guy won, and he was, I don't know if you watch that show, but the oh, guy who it. won went into a, a meditative hibernation state for 14 days at the end without eating. And he That's slowed, so he, yeah, it was really, nobody's ever done that. And he won, he won. It was crazy. Yeah, he lost yeah. less weight. Yeah, he, he didn't eat. You know, he drank water, obviously, but he was like, He's slowing everything down. And so one of the things that I do in, in my, you know, my mindset hypnotherapy is that I see so many people come into the space, but they haven't. And even though they have a great program, they struggle with the implementation because they doubt themselves all the time. And so mm-hmm. I, I kind of speed that process up because they have to clear some of the baggage that they carry with them. And we all carry crap with us from our childhood. It's just a fact. And some mm-hmm. of it's really, you know, heavy stuff and other stuff is just like, you know, no, you know, just stuff that can be fixed. So yes, so I'm all about like entrepreneurs and I'm all about being self-employed and I'm all about living your dream and, you know, running your highest vibration. And because, you know, life is short. You're only here for a blink. You might as well be happy and at least challenge yourself. So you know, you're alive, right? Mm -hmm. And why operate on automatic and go in for the job? It's just, I'm not saying that some people love that. Okay. It's no big deal. But, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit, that that energy, right? It just lights people up. I, I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. And so so you had a great story. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry you went through all those trials and tribulations, but hey, you I come out on the other. No, you come out on the other side and you go, OK, that's why that happened. OK, that's how I learned from this. And these are the lessons I took from that. And that's going to make me better for this and that. Yeah. So I'm I'm really proud of you. Dude, well, yeah, seriously. That. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, the way that I try and think about it too, is it's like, that's, that's the biggest loss that I've had yet. And it doesn't matter. I'll have another one soon that'll dwarf it somehow, some way, right? Like that's the inevitable part is that every, every loss that you have on the way up is just preparing you to be able to better handle another one or a bigger one that's on the way, you know? Yeah. Or, just yeah. Never know. yeah or to ward off. Yeah. Okay, something that's coming because you, you, you recognize it like, oh, I understand that patent. I need to go left, not right. I don't need to stay on the right. I need to go mm-hmm. left. Yeah. And that just comes from experience. So, so, uh, so tell people how they can get in touch with you if they're interested. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank y'all for listening thus far. I appreciate it. It's always a blast getting a chance to share this. And thank you so much, Jay, too, for coming on and having me on and letting us have a quick conversation on this. It's been a blast. Um, if you want to check out more about it, if you want to learn how to grow and monetize your email list organically, super simple. You can check me out at emailempire.org. Um, or if you're on LinkedIn, that's just about the most 
uh, active spot that I'm in. That's Jacob Suko, J-A-C-O-B-S-U-C-K-O-W, if you want to look me up, or emailempire.org. You can go over there, check it out. You can grab a free uh, organic email marketing crash course, too, when you join the list as a bonus. Awesome, man. Well, I'll see you at the top. You're doing great things, and uh, keep up the good work and keep uh, keep impacting on people's lives with success. Love it, Jay. Thank you. I'm looking forward to keeping in touch, brother. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. Make sure you subscribe to the show in iTunes or wherever you consume podcast information. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a four or five star rating and a comment with a review below. We hope you truly learned something today. Share this podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you.